0: Welcome to Deadhouse Whispers. <laughs> Greetings, everyone. I am Calypso, and welcome to Deadhouse Whispers, where we talk everything Deadhouse Sonata-related it books, games, movies, TV, or what else, anything in that genre, as well as other things. Um, and as always, I am joined by my other host, Faceless Mike, over here. Greetings,
1: finally. hello, and welcome. <laughs> and
0: again, we have another special guest, the one and only Matthew Curtis there's a reason why they call you faceless yes it's because i ate your face yes
1: <laughs> we're snipping that we're oh, snipping yeah. That. yeah yeah awesome I'm greetings stealing that sir. for the intro hello How hello are
2: you, i'm doing all right <laughs> <laughs>
1: so for anyone that is not familiar with Mr. Curtis here. You are, you just don't realize it yet, or you haven't been paying attention. Uh Matt, how about you introduce yourself to everyone that may or may not know you because a lot of people have heard you even if they don't realize they've heard you. <laughs>
2: um <clears throat> hi, I am I'm Matt Curtis. Uh a, I play the ghoul on the um on the 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 recent uh show that was done for Dead House, which was awesome. That's just what I just did with stuff I played with uh George Ledoux. We did a lot of back and forth on that. Um, as for, I am a voice actor, obviously I, uh, I'm very bad at chilling for myself. Um, things you may have heard me as I was once toucan, Sam, uh, during 2020. So the worst toucan, Sam want to see the fruit loops world. Yeah. Follow me. Just follow your nose. Fruit loops. Mm. Part of a complete breakfast. Um, I've been a Ninja Turtle I was Leonardo on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles crossover with Smite I'm also one of the God releases on Smite as Lancelot, which is me this is the honor of a night and um, what else have I I've done a lot <laughs> that's so cool
0: man. We, we uh, so legit
1: cool. just listen to Matt and George just do like voices all
2: day not even anything particular, just doing <laughs> yeah. all the different it's like wow well, George, George definitely got book. me beat he, his, his career is is so big and it's like so i just i'm most lucky that i know george (laughs) i'm 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 looking down your
1: imdb sir don't don't tut tut that just yet that is a long list yeah Yeah.
2: that is quite a long list (laughs) um i guess uh if you play a lot of point-and-click adventures you probably have heard me um i've been told i have like the corner of that market a little bit i was uh one of my favorite roles was harper pendril and unfortunate unforeseen uh incidents
1: R.H.C. Emergency Operator, what is your emergency?
2: My name's Harper Pendrel. I just found a woman and she's really sick. <laughs> there's blood everywhere. I think it's Yelltown Fever. He's trying to cure Yelltown Fever. It's not quite as
1: simple as finding a cure. By all accounts, it kills in a matter of hours, not days.
2: The infected woman was talking kind of strange. She gave me an envelope for a reporter named Heliwell. I think there's something not right going on here. There was a recent one called, uh, I think... I think it was called Queens and Pawns or something. I played a bit character in that. Um, I'm in the Hand of Glory series. I play Lazarus Bundy. Um, (laughs) And uh, I I, I get around a bit. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I was gonna ask there, what was your favorite
1: role? But you just nipped on it there. So the first bit is, how did you get into voice acting? That's where we all start.
2: Um, Okay, so well, ever since I was a kid, I've always wanted to be a voice actor. In fact, um, when I was younger, Uh, I did do a few lessons with a man named Terrence McGovern, who you would know as uh, either as Launchpad McQuack from the original DuckTales series, or as as the Stormtrooper has said, these are not the droids we're looking for.
0: Everyone knows ghosts can only do their ghosting at night.
2: He's not a ghost. Ghosts
1: don't catch people in fishing nets. Maybe he's the ghost of a fisherman. These aren't the droids you're looking for. These
2: aren't the droids we're looking for.
1: can go about his business
2: you can go about your business
1: move along move
2: along like that was one thing and he also played sebulba in the phantom oh
1: um
2: so that was my original voice teacher um i was very young though so a lot of the lessons that he taught me didn't really sink in until i was a bit older um, and then I spent a lot of time more in like theater and musicals. Uh, I did a lot of on-camera stuff, but I always kind of like also mingled a little bit of voiceover and stuff. And then uh, the way I guess I got into voiceover is I, uh, well, actually, I got married. And then um, what happened was it is uh, I was, I didn't want to wait tables anymore. And I didn't like, I couldn't really tour. And my wife told, she still looks at me and she says, so, so like, you know, like you want to, you, you want to have a family, right? And I was like, yeah. She's like, well, you can't, you, know, you can't go on tour. You can't, like, you know, go to theater, theater anymore and do yeah. all that or stuff because you want a family. And I was like, that's true. She's like, well, I mean, what what can you do? What what kind of skills do you have? I was like, uh, I don't know. She's like, well, why don't you try being a writer? And I was like, oh, sure. Because I like writing and I would write in my spare time. So then I, I did that for two weeks, decided I didn't like it because it's a lot of work. <laughs> and then she was like, well, what about the microphone in your closet? And I was like, well, I just use that for auditions. She's like, well, can you do that from home? And I was like, I don't know. And that kind of, sort of escalated from there. So a lot of it then became like research in how to, you know, build a studio, how to set up, get the right proper equipment, you know, to make yourself a bit more attractive to people. Especially if you're working from home, you want to have as like a professional area as possible. And somehow, eight years later, I'm here, and I don't know how I got here. <laughs> I, well, we're delighted you were
1: here because I. I think single-handedly the ghoul has been an absolute delight in regards to the Uh, plays. I've been hearing all the back and forth, like we're all egging for like a side series of just Alaric and the adventures. Like somehow later on. Like again, I've said this on the last one. Spoilers, go listen to the radio show. (laughs) At the end, how Alaric ends up like you you, there could totally be a series in some weird abandoned mansion on some hill somewhere, and it's just Alaric and the Ghoul getting into crazy misadventures.
2: (laughs) I I actually am all I'm all for that. One of my favorite moments between uh Alaric and the Ghoul is in the final like bit, where in my head the the ghoul just kind of comes and sits next to him and they just have a conversation together. Like, this is their relationship. They just they go back and forth, they chat, they should go solve some mysteries or something or take over the world together just go live in a cottage it would be fine I would it's love that. that I would love that It's, it's always, Al always and the ghoul. <laughs> <Dun-dun-dun>. <laughs> It's right. it's, it's just just so time funny with the insightful
1: bits bit. right. You're mm-hmm. it's so insightful the way he comes across as well because like some of the times you think it's when it was introduced in the beginning, people thought it was a really dumb creature, that it's like instinctual, like a crocodile or something like that. Mm. And then you discover that it has insight. And then not only that it has insight, like by the end of it, you learn that the girl's actually smarter than Alaric and <laughs> Alaric never realized this. He's like, oh, I let you out. You hit me. And it's like, no, we can't teach you. That's against the rules. Yes, you know, yes. it's like. <sighs> you, you, you slip into that. So easy. Dude, it's, it's so amazing. Good. It's incredible.
0: Matt's doing our sign-off today, so Matt, worry, Matt's guys. going to
1: be taking requests on Fiverr or what's
2: the other one? You know, Cameo.
1: Cameo, that's it. Uh. <laughs>
2: I'm not on Cameo. I'm not on Fiverr, but you can find me on the internet. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's amazing, though. It's like you're so talented, dude. So talented because the way you can slip into all of those different ones. People don't know, like, we were setting up earlier and we were getting everything sorted. Um, Matt was running through, like, literally his little catalog. He started doing bits and pieces. And it's just you could just sit there like, wow.
2: Well, thank you. So it's I really enjoy it. For for me, a lot of it too comes from a perspective of if, that I I don't change my voice. So now we're getting like into the crafting part of things. So it's it's instead it's like I think of my voice as like you say you like a like a preamp or like something with a lot of dials and knobs. Yeah. So everything technically stays just it's me. I'm just making adjustments. So I'm just adjusting it slightly up here. And we're just going to put it up here in the mask and stuff. And then maybe I'll make him a bit older. And he's just creases a little bit shorter. Just rash. And then I'll bring it back down here. Yes, we're still older. But then I can also then make him younger again. And here we are. We're back being... And then I just go back to me. <laughs> so...
1: That's
0: awesome. That's I, have awesome.
1: One, I have one here from Tim. Honestly, I would even read a cartoon manga of Alaric and the Ghoul's interesting adventures. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's the life that was breathed into them. I was at the guess. <laughs> oh, ended yeah. up doing that too, building a home studio. I can imagine that's an amount of work. To do the home studio like outside of just the physical bit of like like physically building it but like putting all the soundproofing making sure everything's correct making sure there's no electrical interference i yeah. imagine there's quite a lot of that because yeah, like it looks very
2: expensive delicate
0: just from this from here it looks
2: expensive <laughs> well like, it's we- if you do it yourself it's not as expensive as like say if you buy a modular one of like the same quality Hmm. so like you know like this booth is like six by four eight foot tall ceilings you know i think uh, an average booth of this size would probably run between like nine thousand to twelve thousand us dollars which is a lot however i think with the amount of what we did by building it ourselves i think it only cost us like uh thousand in materials maybe 1200 so it ends up becoming cheaper it's just about whether or not you want you have the time to to build it and then of course it comes down to like finagling it and i think a lot of uh voice actors you know they'll they'll get their home space set up but they don't spend that a lot of time tuning it they don't spend a lot of time making sure that it sounds good um but like, so like when I especially when we first built, it, I just would sit here and just, I, I, I make a panel, you know, certain stuff like that, or put up some more stuff like get bass traps and all this good stuff. So uh, it's just it's always a matter of fine tuning. And then what always helps is also getting other people's ears in to listen to make sure it's fine. So if you all if you're going to be voice actors in the in the chat you get, get some friends to listen to your sound and make sure it sounds good. <laughs> that is epic. Sir.
0: Like, I don't know. Uh, I can't remember the name of the room. I think it's like an ambiotic chamber or something. Mm-hmm. And you walk in there and it's, it's like the quietest room in the world. And you can, oh, that one, one where ears. you can like hear your heartbeat. Yeah. You like the Microsoft do, one. Yeah. Yeah. Like, does it sound like, I'm sure it, your booth sounds amazing to you, but like, does it feel like that when you're in there? Because the closest feeling I've gotten to, I'm in a sound booth and just walking into my closet, closing the door, and staying in there for like five
2: <laughs> minutes. Um, I mean, like it is, it is different in here than being out there. Um, but I think I'm so used to it now that I don't mind it so much. Like it, it's quiet. It's not perfectly quiet. Um. There, and, but it is it does a good job. Like one thing is is like, yeah. You know, every once in a while I have a train that actually is like 100 yards down that way. Ooh. And that's one of the reasons why we had to build a, a booth especially is because there's a train going on, and there's a main street right out the door um so like that's why i have to like have it be very very quiet sometimes the rumble does bleed through which is a bit annoying which is more i funny. can i can
1: imagine that matt you know it's like you're 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 in the middle of your work day you have a load of lines to record it's like oh
2: no time for a break why uh, the two fifteen is about to pass <laughs> no i usually like because i can feel it in my feet so i'm always hmm. like uh, if they say anything then I will, we'll take a break. Cause like Mm. a lot of actual like engineers, like um when I've been actually up in New York and I was recording in a studio there, like you, you get the subway going by every once in a while. And every once in a while it just did bleed through. um But yeah, so like usually people are pretty understanding about it. Usually they they don't say anything. So I'm assuming that it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, like, so it, it is, it is a bit, it is different sounding in here, especially once you get used to like not hearing uh, the reflections bouncing off the walls and you mm-hmm. go out there and you just like start hearing it all over the place. It's, it's interesting.
1: Now, as you touched on there, you said that was your favorite character too. What has been your favorite piece to work on that you can talk about publicly? Cause I know, as we were talking about before, you need to sit and remember, it's like, wait, has this released yet? Is that public knowledge? You know, it's kind of favorite, favorite
2: piece. I mean, like th- there are a few, uh, pieces that I just, I really enjoyed working on. The ghoul, especially, was like one of them. And other stuff that I've done for Dead House, yes also. <laughs> uh, not that I can really, I don't know how much I'm really allowed to talk about that stuff. Um, I really enjoyed uh, when I was in Smite doing Lancelot. That was a lot of fun and doing some of like the established lore for that character. Um, this is, there's a role that's coming out soon. There's a game uh, which was a lot of fun, but I don't know if I'm allowed to like talk about it because I don't know if they've implemented me yet and they're just doing like a big play test demo for it. Um if this is related to something George was talking about the last day, no, you're not, I don't think we can talk don't about it. So maybe I don't know. No, <laughs> there's other stuff I also oh, uh, one one another fun role that I did recently was Mr. Uh, Mr. Chari on um, the hunt. That's awesome.
0: Which, oh. I I love that game. I love that you're in that game. And that I know that that's you now in that game. Like I hype so hard. It's so good, man. I'm sorry for interrupting you. Go no, ahead. It's-
2: this will stay the same, but the amounts are all a bit hazy. But this is it. This is everything I've been working towards. So many sacrifices, so many fighting, all for this moment. The sculptor will be nothing to fear. Louisiana will be remembered for ending these incursions once and for all. And I... Right, like, I I love that character, because he was like, I regret to inform you. And uh, so here, and I love being evil, and just, oh, yes, this is it. This (laughs) is everything I planned for. It was just a lot of fun. I really hope he's not dead because <laughs> i would yeah. love to come back and do it but that was uh that was also really telling because um i know like i was checking out the reddit and stuff because ego um and like people like people are like oh did they get troy baker to do it and i was like haha i'm off brand matt mercer who's off brand troy baker so there <laughs> you go
1: <laughs> The funny part is that was nearly at the very start. Is this the guy that's better than Troy Baker? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is.
0: Yes, this. Yes, it is. Any it, day, it is. Matt Mercer. <laughs> we even talked about. We even talked about that with George. How? Yeah. Uh, I I think the guy is named Jonas Scott. If I'm not 100. percent Jonas
2: Scott. Uh, Jonas Scott. He's really a cool guy. Like yeah. I I had a couple interactions with him back when we were doing Dying Light 2, and I didn't do anything big in that. Like I was mostly laying down scratch track and doing like some background stuff. Um, Originally, like it was fun because like I was doing like this sort of um, mentor character, Mm -hmm. and it was like maybe they were like playing with the idea, but eventually they went in like a completely different direction. Like, but when I was like when they had it for me, it was like this older guy who was here, and he was teaching Jonah how to do everything. And, you know, we're going to jump here and we're going to do this, you know, different stuff. Fuck this. And oh, I swore. Sorry if that's not allowed. No, we're um, good. we um, But then they went a completely different direction and went with the French guy who I swear was the French guy from The Boys. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't the same actor, but it was like, they yeah. Boys and went, we want that. And so they that that was the direction they went. So, but I laid down the scratch track, and um, in the process, I did meet Jonah. Like I, Jonah and George and I did like some sessions together, and he was he's a really really kind, really nice guy. I just I kind of wish I got to like know him better before like now you can't talk to him because <laughs> he's so, I he's, I don't, I don't he's everywhere know. now.
1: I heard stories about you and George and Chris at a convention. I would have paid money to go and witness that that must have been absolutely hilarious
0: it was
2: it was a ton of fun (laughs) Um, it's it's it it is uh, when we went to we went to Magfest together Hmm. so and we went it was it was me Chris uh, another voice actor named Melissa Medina who is phenomenal Um, Chris is phenomenal too and showing up and seeing George for the first time and and George for some reason thinking that I'm a much shorter man than I really am (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> and being surprised and then just like we had we had like a fantastic time we did this we we started a chant where um and it kind of spread didn't really get the kind of thing but like he was doing this thing with everyone was george 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 <laughs> and eventually it kind of spread to the rest of the event and it was pretty funny and like other people would start t- taking up the, the cheer a while. it was pretty great we cool. need to start okay any of the dead house family watching we need to start doing that
1: anytime george jumps into George, anything George, on the Discord. George, right? but, yeah. George, 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 George. George. <laughs> you do you, you have no idea what you've started now, Matt. Go, go, go on go. his
2: Twitter. Go on his Twitter. Hashtag George 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 George.
1: If it'll let us yes that's going on <laughs> right <laughs> after this. <Do> <laughs> George campaign. But that would be phenomenal. I just love listening to you, like, slipping into characters when, when there's been a drink or two too many. And the install <laughs> said fly in character, it'd be absolutely hilarious. So with that, what what do you prefer? Like, you've got quite a list here, right? Uh... Of all of your video game stuff. And you've done a lot of TV stuff. And you've done, like, cartoons and all what is your preferred? like which do you find easier or better, or like which you prefer like if you're doing like voiceover for cartoon, voiceover for like TV show stuff, or do you prefer game? Or is there uh, a difference?
2: um there is a there is a slight difference in then like some things overlap. Um like animation, I, I think it's tough. It depends on, like what when I wake up in the morning, what I'm in the mood for. Like if I really want to like really delve deep into a character in a very cinematic, very real grounded way, video games for the most part, but there's some animation that, that goes that way. If I wanna like just have some fun and like, you know, delve into the character like that, you know, it's usually like animation. Um, so, like, I prefer a day where I get to do both. <laughs> I, I like I like being zany and doing <laughs> things and taking talk and doing stuff and then bringing it down because my mother died. <laughs> <laughs> Matt
1: is quite literally the voices in my head now. Hmm. This is just the way this is going to be going forward. It is amazing, sir.
0: In and-
2: a world of voices, <laughs> there are several voices in your head
1: now how did you manage to join us in the Deadhouse family as the ghoul walk us through this
2: um so george sent me an audition <laughs> um, and the rest and I, was history no well I, and i think he wanted me he he actually recommended me for a different role and then the ghoul, I think was it was we were doing something for some trailer work for Deadhouse, like some sneak peek stuff. I don't even think the ghoul ended up in it, but like we recorded it. And then somehow I guess they they just worked it into the the Chronicles of Alric and um i guess i stuck around so (laughs) like those those sessions were a ton of fun because i actually got to work with george um like at the same time so like while he was recording i was recording you know the writers were on the line and the audio guy was on the line and we we would just go back and forth and just being able to like listen to george like just kind of nail it in one take each time like it was just really kind of it was really um, a learning experience But yeah. And then just being able to play off each other, each other's energies was just so like, you don't, you don't often get that in remote recording as much, Mm, like, especially like when you're, when you're starting off, because a lot of it is so quick. Like that is the, the, the reason why you want to get usually like a remote person is because you want it quick. Um, and like every once in a while, like you do get to do remote sessions with other people. And those are always fun. Like just being able to to be with other people and not <laughs> stuck in a pad. Wall, wall, fire, <laughs> no. And how did you like when they said, OK,
1: we want you to do a ghoul. Like how how did you come? Basically, what was your process to get
2: to what we know as
1: Falkyrie? Like why, um, how was
2: that? I mean, I, I think what it where it was was there were there was the specks, and I don't remember what exactly they were. Um, but if I was like to put it in my head, like it was like so, it was like an undead creature. So here, so we always we make him a bit raspy, cause his throat is dry. But he's also more like bestial, cause you know ghouls, and then you kind of blow it here. <sighs> And then you like, you know, you had some like some stuff like Yes. Yes. Smell. Flesh. So, and then you just kind of build from there. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't be able to tell you exactly how I got there based on the specs themselves, unless I had like specs in front of me. I'm just sitting here pretending not to fanboy out of it. Yeah, that's no right. a freak out. <laughs> yeah.
0: I was wondering, um, <laughs> can you can you tell us? Is it still under? And maybe it might be. Um, the other character. Do you remember the other character you were supposed to read for? And did they give it to someone else? Or,
2: or? Uh, I think someone else, someone else booked it. Um, I because the trailer never came out, so I don't, I don't think I can talk about mm. that. Oh yeah, that's right. I and think anyway. I know what you're talking about, mm. and we're not allowed to talk about. Ah, it. damn it! Well, I tried. <laughs> I think uh, I think uh, and, uh, and I know like and there's other people in it that I know were who were in the, the trailer that was recorded and there's some stuff in there but I I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it because it never never came out never and, like, came stories might have changed knows? And who knows that may still be in the pipeline so that'll I mean, be I've, fun <laughs> I've done some fun I've done some fun fun scenes with Chris for some things, things. that might might <laughs> be coming up who knows. <laughs> So, sit here and pretend I have no idea yeah, what anyone's yeah, talking let's, about. Let's, yeah, yeah, am yeah, yeah, yeah. no jealous. Idea. I'm
0: jealous. Uh, I love how so, Jen, okay. Jen is Chris and I work together right all the time. All the time. Yeah, <laughs> he's, funny, a, he's the best buddy of mine.
2: Well, Chris, Chris is in Baltimore, and oh. so and so we actually became friends before this. Like we were actually we're best friends before all this even went down. So like we, it was weird. We were I I was just I've been trundling along doing the voiceover thing. The booth had just been built and uh he sent me a message on facebook and like uh like we just started chatting and like that's how we became friends we're like oh you live in baltimore i live in virginia this is great you know and we just would like start going back and forth so i go up there and visit him every once in a while and uh yeah it's so it's, oh, you're telling so- me there's a weird
1: alternate universe where the ghoul and the vampire hang out together <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> get awesome. writing that lore guys get writing that go go right there what beer do you
0: have in your refrigerator?
2: <laughs> well, actually, I don't drink beer. I have liquor. <sighs>
1: <Okay. laughs> Dang! Matt does a good Chris. This oh is no, it was—it's
2: good. It's good. Actually, it's Chris that does a good Matt.
1: <laughs> Sorry, Chris. <laughs> Someone send this to Chris George. I know you will be watching this after the fact. Please send that to Chris. That'd please. Be hilarious. please.
2: Chris is, Chris is a great, really great guy. And uh, yeah, I'm lucky to know him.
1: <laughs> oh, I just, um, I just love his, his taking every one of you guys that have like had the stuff that have done with Apocalypse Studios for Deadhouse that have been released publicly. Everyone is just nail in the coffin, like figuratively and literally on it in this case, <laughs> but like the ghoul, the character and the way you put it across, like it's, I don't know how to say it without sounding cheesy, but like they come across as believable. Like the way the radio plays are done and like hats off to the audio guys involved with like setting up, recording, mixing all of this stuff and mastering it at the end and all like that. But it's so believable that it brings you in. We don't get an awful lot of radio plays these days because these things have kind of morphed. We think of them now as creepy pastas. So if you look on YouTube, you're like, oh, yeah. listen to a creepypasta while you're working or like i think training. they're
0: coming I back i think yeah you're but this, this
1: yeah the same thing is coming back it's just call different in a different packaging mm-hmm. but it's the same thing and they like i listen to those i don't know about if you know i keep telling george and he laughs at me to keep up on the lore and all like that i have those downloaded on my phone on spotify so i listen to those and i'm driving anywhere in the car so mm-hmm. i hear george like every day <laughs> <laughs> or nearly every day, all the time and all. And you just kind of slip into it because the images go in your head. And with Google, it's just incredible. Well, thank like, you. It is, it's enjoy. amazing work, our Hats off, literally, for that. You know, it's
0: incredible. I was wondering, I asked George this too, um, and I know it's a completely different profession, sort of. Um, have you been asked to, or would you ever read audiobooks?
2: I actually tried? tried. I tried. I, I love audiobooks and I don't like working on them. I love listening <laughs> to them. Uh they're a lot of fun. And so it's one of the first things um because <clears throat> actually, like one of the first uh things they tell you to start making a uh a consistent income if you want to do voice acting. Full time is to look into audiobooks. There's a lot of uh, things that are available, like acx.com, which is run through Amazon and goes through Audible, actually has like it's free and you can audition for audiobooks on there. Like, especially, and what's interesting about it, the way it's supposed to work is like, you know, especially new authors or self published authors can then get someone who's a bit less expensive than like, you know, a, uh, someone who's going to be reading all the bigger books and then maybe they can scratch each other's back and like work together. Um, So I tried audiobooks, but then it's so much bigger. It's about being on the front lines of one crisis after another, offering incredible insight in what to do and what not to do when the, you know what, hits the fan. And I didn't like it, (laughs) it was, uh, I don't know, like I thought it would be like, oh, I love, I love, I love reading, I love listening to audiobooks, this is, and I love voice acting, this will be a cakewalk. And it was just like, no, it was not, I did not (laughs) enjoy it at all. Perhaps I could have taken another route to get to my destination, but I didn't. I admire your honesty, sir. I, yeah. admire your honesty. I mean, I, I want to like it. I want to enjoy working on it. But maybe it was because it was very early on in my career. Um, and uh, like I, I had really no idea what I was really truly doing. And so like I I thought I had would develop a system to make recording easier and my, it just didn't come and like all the different stuff. And then when I finally did like pump out a few books, like I got like one of the worst reviews I for me ever saying I was the worst voice actor and stuff. And I was like, ow. Ow. <laughs> my pride. And uh, so yeah. And but that wasn't like the thing. And then I, I kept going, I kept trying to go, but like also like for talking about like consistent income it just wasn't there for me like there i just couldn't get the books that would you know pay enough or would you know represent a enough of um of a budget for the amount of work that would go into them and so my whole experience with audiobooks has not been very very good at all maybe one day i'll return to them like later on but i would definitely prefer to be a there's a director and there's an engineer on the other line. And I don't have to do any of the editing. Like that's what I was wondering
0: because George's story was the same. When Mm -hmm. I asked him he's like, he had to do all the self editing and everything. And it was, it was basically a one man show for reading a book.
2: I was out digging rig was belly aching like usual. The stupid solar wagging his two tails. Like he had some kind of itch. He couldn't scratch. How are we going to make it if we don't have something to sell? Not, even yeah. if it was like so you like essentially getting authors, one
1: person to produce it to album do everything
2: one, right yeah. yeah
0: which is crazy because because unless it's like you know i guess it, it's behind the scenes thing where it's like if audible's showing off that they're having this person read an audiobook <sighs> and they're doing they have a person just doing the engineering behind the scenes and editing it and they just have someone reading it i figured that would be that's how it would be all the time. But yeah, I guess Neil and boring. ain't doing
2: his own editing. Yeah,
0: please.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, like a lot, especially like early on, like I have a friend who, who does audiobooks and he's very, very good. Um, and there's some really interesting tools that you can use nowadays that make the job easier, um, including AI. Um, but the tool that he uses for AI like, sounds like actually like a really cool like way of time saving and stuff. Uh, what it is, is like, he actually just puts all the audio that he's recorded and then it just reads the text and then it basically goes, this word is wrong, this word is wrong and this word is wrong. So instead of having to go back and Mm -hmm. re-listen to like all the mistakes, it basically pinpoints where the mistake was. And then, so that way you can go in and fix it, which is a real time saver. Um, and he, he does a really good job uh, as well. Like, and he is, there's also like a real, um, art to, to reading books, um, and like I right, the older I get, to the more I'm in the camp of it's so not like you know you you're not you're not doing the character voices, you're not making the adjustments to your voice as much as just reading a story. Like you know, accents are probably important, but probably not you know voices themselves. Um, and then just like there's just certain cadences to get locked into. Um, there's some really good audiobook narrators out there. Uh, I like R. C. Bray; is very very good. He did uh, originally did The Martian. Um, I don't know if, Ooh. cause I thought they actually relicensed that. So I don't know if he's the narrator on that anymore, but it was, he was so good. Um, and then whoever is, uh, who read, um, I can't remember his name. The man who read, uh, Project Hail Mary, uh, is really good as well. So and that's my can see it as
1: well with, uh, a lot of like ones, like a lot of the ones that I'd be doing when I'd be working away is I've creepy the ones on in the back. <laughs> like these guys literally just reading stories off Reddit. A lot of it comes down to voice. You're mm-hmm. right. Like you need to have someone that's able to read, be able to read for a long time and that they have like a, a calm, relaxed voice. Like you read with intent, but not like doing the voices and stuff like that. Cause I've had ones where like I'd be working away and it's just so playing on the background and it'll run through a playlist. It'll do the, the algorithm will just abuse me running, skipping into the next <laughs> one and the next one, you know, that way, what will come on and I'll just hear someone's voice and no offensive or anything about hear But I was like, Nope change just because i can't can't have that on in the background it's like that will annoy me nope you
2: know so yeah it must be very difficult to be able to get all of that right Mm. you know and just have that and then also just have that that register that just sits well in people's ears yeah so oh yeah i mean
0: you could read a phone book and and i could listen to
2: it so you you say that but when i did an audio book, that's not what the reviews said (laughs) that's not that's not what the review said Granted, I was probably more up here and just really excited to be here. Guys, how's it going? Hi. Hi.
0: (laughs) 30 hours later, my ears are bleeding. (laughs) You
1: know bloody well now they are wrong. It has been proven (laughs) that they're wrong. They had an opinion. Their opinion was just wrong.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Just come in there and be like, call me Ishmael. (laughs) (laughs) That is epic.
0: Changes the meaning of Moby Dick entirely. (laughs) Moby Dick. (laughs)
1: so into the side of that while you're doing a lot of this stuff for gaming do you actually get any time at all to game yourself
2: oh yeah Uh, i I love i love i love video games like and it's also a way i can call it research so um, (laughs) in my free time like i do try and uh play games um i recently was i got on the xbox game pass and so i was i I love that Good i know generation. it's bad to say it publicly because everyone's like oh no you're about to hate it no that's legendary it's oh, you Get free games it's awesome um, yep. yeah yeah because i was like i want to play hi-fi rush that's on there I'm, I'm gonna play that and i've been really enjoying that um breath of the wild has kind of been my like staple but uh, i have not i don't have a <sighs> switch or a wii U, so don't tell, yeah. me don't tell <laughs> <me to go. laughs> no we um, didn't hear
1: that 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 came through badly <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, I was playing, uh, so yeah, so I was playing, playing through Hi-Fi Rush. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Deep Rock Galactic. I, lo- I love, I love that game so much. Like, it's funny. So this is a voice acting story. So there was a trailer that came out for, um, I think it's called Dragonair something gods. Uh, and there's a bit, it's like a lot, it has a lot to do with dice. It has to do with like D and D. Like there was a recent trailer. Um, and like there's a dwarf in it, and he comes out and goes, Oh, it's solid gold! Would you look at that? Well, that was me. <laughs> Honest to goodness, gold! <laughs> uh, oh, by the ancestors' heifers, would you look at that? <laughs> I'm rich. <laughs> but what was funny is during the session, and it was with a, uh, a Chinese client and a Japanese client. We're all online line together all over the world. And I make a Deep Rock Galactic joke. I go, Rock and Stone! And didn't get a laugh. If you go in the comment section of the trailer, <laughs> it's making deep rock galactic jokes, and I was like, "Yeah, they get oh, it. Awesome. They get it. But, that's
0: cool." That's rock cool.
2: and stone, or we're not going home. Rock and stone. We're rich. rich. We're rich. We're, we're rich. rich.
0: We're rich. I'm rich. <laughs> have you have you played games that you're in and is it weird hearing your voice if you play games that you're in like i'm on your imdb you were in evil west doing additional voices evil west is a rad fucking game have you played that game
2: (laughs) (laughs) um i actually have it installed i haven't tried playing it yet um, so, you know, like, but I did look at the gameplay and I was like, oh, there's me. Like, I, I'm a few of the bandits. Um, there's this other I character. Shot myself my...
0: five times. Like, yeah. There is, yeah.
2: There's this other character in the hub world who's like, I knew your father before the war, you know, is here. And, um, I think there's a couple others. I don't know. Um, yeah. So I haven't played Evil West. I, I, I tried playing Unforeseen Incidents, but I couldn't stand myself. Um. <laughs> That's a bizarre Uh, feeling. My my first game ever did. I did play all the way through because actually that was kind of a fun game. It was called Midnight and Celestial Palace Part One. It's a point and click adventure uh it's a musical point and click adventure Ooh, that's it's i'm instantly very... going to find this right now <laughs> yeah. uh i mean i don't know it was it was a lot of fun it was like the first time someone like entrusted me with like a main character like that and it was a lot like very cozy like you know style to the game it was a lot it was a Oh, this is all cutesy looking it's kind of cool <laughs> yeah it's very short experience it never got uh like a part two every once in a while like they say they're like oh we're gonna we're gonna we're do the part one. two and they never but do another one then they never do it well you know because funding and money mm-hmm. and stuff then mm. everyone gets older but yeah that was like that must have been like seven years ago maybe eight, no, maybe nine years ago i don't know that's a
0: long time ago yeah you're everywhere <laughs> you're everywhere here um guys, <laughs> what pays what pays more um doing like main characters or doing like a bunch of additional voices
2: so in in voiceover unless like you are a you know big star like say matt mercer or toy baker or nolan north or jennifer hale or like everyone up there like you're most likely going to be working at scale and no matter what you do okay so you know background people will make the same amount as uh Whoever is playing like the lead character, but the lead character just will be around for more and, you know, have more like hours usually. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's like there's all sorts of rules. Like I think like union rules, you know, you, there's the set rate for like a four hour session and then they do like up to three characters. And then uh, the idea being, of course, is that you maximize the person's four hour time. So instead of like, because you will be getting paid for four hours, they, you know, should probably be using you. So like, that's also why developing that adjustments to your voice to to change them becomes a very valuable skill set because it can save other people money. Uh, so they don't have to hire other voice actors. Um, it's I don't I don't think it's actually as practiced as much anymore. Um, but yeah, in voiceover, generally, everyone's going to get paid the same um, unless you have a good agent who can uh arranged for that or you know like there's certain stipulations required um so yeah i mean whenever i've done it i i've for what, doing a main character versus um versus like additional voices i guess depending on the project and how the negotiation went i would assume that we all got paid the same so okay which is more fun though main characters or on,
1: yeah getting to focus on the one character or doing like a dozen like you know, the side ones
2: i think it depends on the character So like, say you get to get to have like a really good meaty main character with a lot of pathos and a lot of like internal struggle and like really like strong, like something that really, you really, really feel like that, that is such a rewarding experience so but like a bland main character who's just kind of a foil like you know just i'm here to say lines and same in a cool voice you know it's not as not as fun as say like coming on and being like "Hi, it went that way <laughs> don't listen to him he don't know what he's talking about has anybody seen my sheep you know
1: <laughs> that is awesome now we have a question from the chat Matt, if Dead House was released tomorrow and you were going to play it, which class would you play?
2: Ah, uh, See, I, I don't know much about it. I'd have to sit in front of the classes and look at like what the pluses and stuff were. Um, I think I'd just play as Chris starting off. <laughs> <laughs> i <laughs> take a little the video for Chris and be like, yeah. hey, Chris, it's you. Look at you, Chris. <laughs> so... <laughs> I wanna like yeah, I would want to sit there and look at the stats first and be like, all right, so I don't want to build my character. What oh, so do I want you to do?
1: Are actually very detail oriented when you're going to go into your own kind of gaming space, yeah? Eh,
2: yeah, for the most part. Usually I like high charismatic characters who do a lot of talking. Mm. Um so uh and yeah, I, I like I like playing I like playing games where you get to role play a bit. I actually I play Dungeons and Dragons like every week. Um, oh, that must that. be an awesome game. That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs>
0: it's a lot of a bunch of voice
2: actors. Like, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Um, currently, right now, I'm playing a Warforged Paladin uh, who's an atheist. Um, and... An atheist Paladin. I like. Yeah, I like that. It's because he he got trapped for three thousand. He was he was made by uh, like a, a church group called the Triumph. The uh, I can't remember the name right now. Uh, the Divine yeah. Triumphant. And he was like sort of like a commando sort of thing. He's got like certain abilities, like he turned visible, like, oh, you know, he's like go out and like hunt and kill these people. Well, he fell into a portal and got lost for three thousand years. So he, he went a bit crazy. He got bored and went a bit sane. And then supposedly he met his deity and was just like Oh, you're just like you're just like powerful beings that just live in a different plane of existence. Like that's not that big a deal. Like, <laughs> just like you're just some dude. You're just, you're just some dude. So then he <laughs> so he sits there. and He doesn't like doesn't have anything to do with religion. And just you know, just live your life. You know, be he's he's also an optimistic nihilist. I think. So he's like, you only get one life to live. You might as well do the best with it.
1: It sounds like Matt's pitching the premise for a game right there. Like, That's I want this good. character. Watch this yeah. series. This will be excellent. <laughs>
0: you got to see if you can smuggle your D and D character into Deadhouse.
2: <laughs> Magical robots. It could work. That would work. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> you would be surprised. When they have,
0: have the technology.
2: Him. They can rebuild him. They have
1: <laughs> the technology. Oh, classic. But yeah, as you said, when you what was what was the game that you mentioned that you couldn't play because you annoyed yourself? Uh
0: unforeseen. Um, unforeseen incident. consequences.
2: Incidents.
0: Incidents. Incidents.
2: Well, that's because I had a lot to say in that. Like there was a <laughs> whole lot. And it's actually it's weird because it I I would argue it's actually one of my better performances, too. Like it was one of the up to that date, like that was the character like that had a lot of a lot of like built into it like it was really well written um and like he had a lot of i don't know just was a really real guy like he's kind of dumb he was kind of dumb but like he still was like he was really good he was just a really good guy and he had like a multi-tool and that was kind of cool multi-tool multi-tool multi tool. -tool. (laughs)
0: let's see yeah this this game looks awesome i will say uh, guys google this google google unforeseen incidents if you're listening um I'll, I'll throw some artwork and stuff of it uh, in the
2: in the after edit process but it was beautiful like this the yeah. artwork
0: for this is gorgeous
2: it's got a great soundtrack too very like oh. acoustic guitars and things and it was it's a fun game it's just it's all about um, uh, this guy named Harper Pendrel and he just goes into town and find and people are getting sick and no one really knows why I think they call it the yellow fever and then it sort of becomes the the story of like solving the mystery. And he's just kind of a dumb everyman. Like he's just like, well, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, okay, <laughs> I, I, what is the, what is the line where he's just like he says like he says like this girl's like how how can I trust you? He's like trust. He's, she's, he says how can I trust you? He Goes I, I have no idea what's going on, and I don't know where this is. You can definitely trust me. Like,
1: blunt honesty that's how you can <laughs> <address it. laughs> so.
0: that's great that's great
2: another another fun character i really enjoyed playing was um oh what's his name from ghost runner um i was gonna that's right i was
0: gonna ask you about that um I saw has and, been ghost Hunter, and i was i was hyping up because fucking ghost runner is badass um and you played connor yeah connor 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 he's yeah. such an asshole awesome dude that's so cool that's so cool everyone was- go play ghost runner right now fucking yeah it's really hard it. awesome. but
2: it's a lot of fun like uh, that game too is just like uh, that game is incredible the one thing I, I wish and i actually i suggested it to them but like they said well it's a money thing is i really wish that there was an option once you beat the level that it would rewind and like go through and do your playthrough oh that like would be beautiful. cool oh that'd be cool that would be so, cool. Maybe but in the cool yeah. maybe in the sequel cross maybe off. guys guys go go give them money go, yeah, give, them go money. give them money it's <laughs> on sale all the time now
0: for like seven dollars you have if, no excuses to not buy it if you
2: if you could do that and you could like
1: switch it to a more cinematic camera you could move the camera around and all like that that mm. would be perfect to like upload because i'm a big proponent of um not all games but quite a few games recently I've been moving to the, you know, having the screenshot mode and yeah. being able to, like, take screenshots and all. People are like, why would you bother doing that? One, people love showing off because they love showing you, hey, look at the pretty cool thing. Number two, free advertising and marketing. Exactly. Like, when you go to do it, that's why, like, the Switch, the Xbox, the PlayStation, they all have the share button. This is literally, like, built-in yeah. marketing, like, you know, and having best, that is
0: amazing. Some of the best images I've seen or videos that I've seen have been from fans who used the in-game, you know, photo tool or like video recording, whatever stuff. It's like, and then there's your trailer. There's your trailer, there's your screenshots that you can put on Steam, whatever. Like it's great, great. Absolutely,
1: another notch on the board. I'm about to say it again, like exactly. The Witcher 3. Uh, Mike wants another one, Uh, like most of the stuff you will find online of that is literally fans sharing screenshots and sharing like little clips and all like that, because it is infinitely shareable, like little nuggets of interactions with Geralt and like this character, Geralt and this witch, Geralt and this goblin and all like that, all these different things without the game. And it's just incredible. Why wouldn't you let your fans share that? I know a lot of people are saying about spoilers and stuff like that. But to be honest, if you're interested in the story of a game and you're genuinely interested, you're going to go and play the game. You're not just Mm -hmm. going to like sit and watch snippets online. So there's no fear of that. Yeah.
2: I mean, the whole video game industry is very, very, very secretive beast. Like Ooh. you can, like I, I did a session. I had to go actually go into a studio because they wouldn't want me to do it. And I had to actually go in there before they would even give me the script. So the first time I saw the script was there to record. That's so crazy. I, they don't even let you know what title you're working on. You know, everything has code names, you know, so like, and you sign a million in NDAs. Sometimes it's easy to like kind of tell what you're working on. Like I remember when I did, um, when I did the audition for Smite TM, TMNT, like the, the basically based on the specs of the characters and like their references, I was like, these are Ninja Turtles, these are definitely <laughs> Ninja
0: Turtles. Yeah. And
2: so like, I kind of did my research and that's how I probably booked it. But like, so sometimes you can tell, but you're still not allowed to like, if you, you both like you and the engineer know you're like, yeah, is this is this, yeah, this definitely this, this is, yeah, no, definitely this is, <laughs> <laughs> So, but like, oftentimes it's just really just like, script, boom. Here you go. And you're like, ah, one of the motivations says I'm angry. Okay, let's go. You know, sort of thing. So I was going to ask, do
1: they at least prep you and give you like a character description to let you get into the character's voice? Or is it kind of a on the fly? Here you go. Do this.
2: It depends on the studio, I think. Um, I know like for Blizzard, you do get to find out what project you're working on. And like they have like a whole process like um, where I've heard like I haven't I haven't worked for Blizzard yet um they but they have this whole like process where actually they they do like a read-through with all the actors and then i heard like they actually the they get up on like a stage and then they act through the whole scene before they actually go and record oh that's really cool which is kind of cool like it's like oh yeah like you know it's like sort of like a rehearsal process getting into it and like different stuff and like there's been some really great performances because of that through blizzard um whereas like and then some people just like here's a script go no you're just you're (laughs) angry have fun you know it's good. You're you're a leading man. You just use your voice. It's good. It's fine. You are man with sword. You are angry. <laughs> Do it. You know. You're a, you you're, a, you're an you're anime boy. Go be an anime boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's take care of this.
1: <laughs> That's you- a question, Matt. Who would you like to voice an anime? If you could, right in the morning, if you could turn around and say like a particular anime or a particular character in anime, who would you pick?
2: My name is Roger Smith, and I'm a negotiator in the city of Amnesia. It's a tough gig. Big O showtime. But Steve Bloom's still around, so I can't do that. Ah, <laughs> oh, I wow. loved Big O. Big O I was great. Big O was great. Um, I'm more of a I'm more of like a 90s, like late 90s, maybe early 2000s protagonist anime voice guy. So like, there's no reason for me right now. Like uh, I'm not really shown in uh, levels mm. of anime. Um, uh, oftentimes I find that like, there's is, there is a certain quality to the voice that they're looking for that I don't really have. I can emulate, but like the thing is, is if you have already like, you know, 50 people in the edition who can do it, then you're not gonna get the person who emulates it. You're gonna get the person who is just it. So yeah. I say that now so watch me now get cast in an anime next week or something. You never
0: know. Yeah, watch, watch.
2: I just think it I mean, they can't have been like half of either
1: Cartoon Network or whatever from back in the day doing all the characters.
0: Oh yeah, you got the skills, man.
2: Yeah. Like old Ghost in the Shell and stuff.
0: Yeah. I was re- I'm was. i literally re-watching Ghost in the Shell now. Like, oh really? I watching, yeah, I was watching a, I'm on season two of Standalone Complex uh, right now. Because oh, uh, there's They released a new one on netflix i tried but it was just god just doesn't beat the old
2: stuff yeah i like i love the i loved how they delved into the ai uh stuff in that and this the the way the way the world worked in in the old ghost in the shell standalone complex
0: yeah like they don't do that anymore like whether it's regular movies or shows like they try but i don't know something falls flat or it's like or or they try to bite off too much that they can't chew with like a hour and a half runtime or 20 minutes or something.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think with, with modern anime, it's more about marketability as well. Like oh, it, yeah. it's, it's not, it's not niche anymore and there's a wider yeah. amount of audience, so there's more money available. <laughs> and so they know like and this is what's making money right now is the these you know younger hero types with superpowers and stuff and then they go out and you know and they, they fight bad guys and things and it's not bad i'm not saying it's bad it's just it's like i do miss like the older animes and things like that um where you're I like more it, you're in a like, dystopian world where the bad guys have technically already won but you're an individual just trying to eke out a living there um, whereas like nowadays it's like young people fighting to maintain the status quo. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, yeah I'm right there where you about to pretend I'm not going to go in after this and sit down and watch Vampire Hunter D or oh, like man. being a big fan of like Fist of the North Star, a massive yeah. Berserk oh, fan. So like, you know, this is, you're, you're speaking my language on this one. It's like a lot of the new stuff is like, I think I'm too boomer to enjoy these things. I, I think <laughs> the,
2: the, the sequel that was a Vampire Hunter D was a blood, Bloodlust. Blood? That yeah. was like the last hand drawn anime movie, I think. Wow, really? Yeah. So and like it you go back and watch it's it's gorgeous. Like Have it. <laughs> I I think actually like originally too, like it was it was made with the with the English vo- voice actors in mind, I think. I'm trying to remember. Like I, I love that film. I used to, I used to have it. I had it on my computer. I did, downloaded it from Winamex or whatever it was, and then, and then I used to make it legally videos. acquired it online, legally acquired, you acquired it. and it was on my computer. And then I would make anime music videos. And uh, <laughs> oh, I did yeah, back yeah, we'll in the, back in the day, back in back in my day, when you wanted to watch some anime, you had to go and meet <laughs> a man behind the school. Yeah. And then and you get a VHS tape, which may or may not have been the anime you wanted, it may or may not have had uh, tentacles in it. <laughs> that is awesome. And then you, you get online and you'd like you'd share around, and because it was like it was early because it's like uh, there wasn't any YouTube or anything. So, like, hmm. I remember watching um Linkin Park's in the end with Vegeta, like way back in the school. Oh, man, you know, what was the 40? other one? It was TBZ with Kryptonite
0: yeah, yeah. I think yeah. Trip
2: tonight to that's some old
0: <laughs> stuff so, oh old, wow old, that's really old. throwing it back
2: yeah it's a long time ago but i i did that too like i i did um i i know i'm i i had like the i legally acquired <laughs> seasons of dbz of <laughs> um, and i put together my own music videos back in the day i never i never uploaded them which is sad i really wish i kind of because i kind of want to mm. go back and be like what were the, what were those like i remember i did like one for a uh, Headful of ghosts by bush and i think uh Maybe crawling in my skin. I think I don't know. It was, it was I was a, I was an anime boy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think it's funny that like it's becoming more popular in the West now. It's becoming very mainstream. Like not necessarily in a bad way. It's good for the market. Like where mm. this is all spreading out and like it's becoming more accessible. When they tried to do like Western versions this years ago, it seemed like it was almost ahead of its time. Like one I was thinking of that I'm a big fan of, and it's almost impossible to find anywhere is Spawn. Remember when they mm, done like yeah. the TV series of spawn? Yeah. I thought a, that was amazing. Yeah, it was I like think... a 12s and an 18s version, which was really cool. Yeah. And I yes, I had it on HBO VHS.
2: Oh <laughs> now. Yeah, I think they have that be. they have it on the HBO series. States, maybe. <laughs> huh? In the States, maybe. Don't forget. No. Over here <laughs> that's Nord. true. Yeah, yeah. That's why uh this, this stream is brought to you by NordVPN. Yeah.
1: <laughs> 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 we wish, come on, Nord. Help us. <laughs> But uh, yet that brings another one, Matt. You'll be joining me on this side of the pond Mm -hmm. in the not-too-distant future. Do you want to tell us about
2: that? Uh, Scary. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I can imagine. uh, So, uh, yeah, I actually will be moving to the UK um, in less, well, about a month. And uh, it's going to be a thing. Uh, Hopefully there will be no interruption in service, of course, because we'll have the booth and everything set up. Um, but my wife is from the U.K., and uh, so uh, one thing is we, you know, decided that it would be a good idea to take the kids over there. It's a bit safer than the United States. Um, and, uh, yeah, and also just to be near some grandparents because, um, unfortunately, like, in my situation, we don't, my, I don't really have uh, that. They don't, I don't really have, like, I have my dad, but my dad is my dad yeah <laughs> that's good hope we have more personal information yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> so but yeah we're moving to the uk uh don't tell la because then they might not hire me ever again no
1: i think those days are gone i think with the whole thing with the pandemic it actually helped break down doors in a lot of industries to show people that remote work is like not only a good thing or can be advantageous, but it really is the way forward in a lot of scenarios. Mm-hmm. Plus, trust me, you'll be at the UK. There's plenty of work there. <laughs> plenty um, you work for an American over in the UK. You're fine. That's
2: that's kind of the hope. There there was a bit of a reaction to once everything reopened and things, uh, to try and pull things back to the way they were. Um not gonna lie, it was a bit disheartening. Um, and a lot of that too also stemmed from the fact that uh, uh, one thing I realized is I just assumed everyone who did remote recording just had an awesome sounding remote recording place, like, because I assumed everyone did that. Apparently, what happened a lot of times too during the lockdown is people would say they had a remote ready studio and they didn't. And so a lot mm-hmm. of producers got burned and so a lot of people started to not trust when someone would say they were a remote talent with a broadcast ready studio so there was a lot of backlash to that
1: and i've got a remote studio i've my blue yeti right here and my
0: laptop
2: <laughs> hey don't knock in the closet don't forget yes, the when, the, when the entire studio is just the blue yeti you know <laughs> <laughs> there is a picture of uh, phil lamar sitting with the blue yeti which uh recording during the pandemic so you know It's fine, you know, if you have the talent. (laughs) So, but like something
0: I, no, uh, I wanted to know this really quickly. What microphone are you are you using?
2: So, oh, this is so. There's a story here. So, this is what's called a Microtech Gefell M930. You can see it's very, very small. So. I I've, I wanted to try this mic for so long and I bought it a year ago and I have not used another mic since. Well, that's a lie. I used a Sennheiser 416 earlier today because it was specially requested, but that's the only time. I actually have like the golden grail of microphones out there. It's called uh, Neumann U87 AI, which is... I saw that on your IMDb. Yeah, like, which is yeah. most likely, that was my go-to microphone for a long time. So I always wanted to see like how good Microtech was because there's an interesting story behind Microtech and Neumann. So originally, Neumann in Germany had two factories, one in uh, uh, Gefell and then one in Berlin, um, I think is Berlin. Uh, but yeah, so anyways, so it was, and so what happened was the Berlin Wall went up and the factories were separated. And so one was Microtech and they stayed and developed their own microphones. And as you can see, it's a tiny, tiny microphone. They were being developed on the, the communist side. And then the other one was Neumann. And so you had these two microphones being developed, these microphone companies developing like microphones using the same capsule, but with like different materials and whatever they had provided. Now, theoretically, Sennheiser acquired Neumann. So a Microtech, and Microtech was never acquired. This is actually a legitimate Neumann microphone from way back, like you would say from like there with the the pedigree versus an actual Neumann microphone. I just find the whole story like super fascinating. And then when I went, this the... The equivalent Neumann microphone of this is the TLM 103, which is slightly bigger. But this, ah, I just, I love it so much. I, it's just, it's so tiny and it's like and, it, and, and the sound, the sound. Yeah, you don't have to like, so do rich. anything
0: when you edit, right? Yeah. Like that's, no. that's the whole point of like those microphones. It's like, like this, I'm using a, a Samsung G-Track Pro or something. <laughs> um, I got it. I got it on eBay for 70 bucks. Best deal of my life. Never use another microphone again. But um, I do have to finicky around with a lot of sound if I'm recording a YouTube video or something and try to make it sound good on my end. But Mm. microphones like that, you just speak into it and everything is good to go. And it's like perfect right from the get-go.
2: So, well, this is the thing. No, because what really truly Mm -hmm. matters is your space. So you can have the best microphone in the world that makes you sound like you are right there in the room. But if your space sucks... There's no getting around that. That is just terrible, you know, just going to give you terrible sound. If anyone ever, if you're all out there, like interested in voice acting and stuff, the most important thing to focus on first is space. Because you can have a blue Yeti in here and it probably would sound awesome. Like, because there wouldn't be anything like that. They could work with the sound. It would be fine. Like, this makes it better. Like, because it's, you know, it's it's a nicer sound and it's more ne- like neutral, natural and comes out. But like you could put, probably put a blue yeti in here, and like most people wouldn't be able to tell the difference. So it, it comes down more to your space than your actual microphone. It's great to have the gear. The gear and the gear is kind of necessary, especially if you're doing remote recording and you're working with big, uh, bigger studios who expect a certain level of equipment and especially want to match microphones, which is one reason why I haven't like sold my Neumann or my Sennheiser, because those are the big microphones that you would see in any studio. But Uh, you know, it's more about, it's just about your space. Just get your space all suited and you're good to go.
0: All right. Well, thank you
2: for the advice.
1: That's that's actually incredibly enlightening because that's something that a lot of people wouldn't know. Like, for example, one of the things i would learned over the years because my background would be more music and then later on, like being into horror, whereas Calypso's is entirely in cinematography type stuff and filmmaking. Mm. A lot of people overlook lighting, 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 lighting. That's the like, that's the key thing. So in regards to voice acting, it's your space. Yeah, the equipment's all, great, but if you don't have the right space, it doesn't matter what you're using. It's
2: gonna sound like crap. And like the thing is, is like a space is it's it's really actually pretty easy. You can get a you can get a good space with just some moving blankets and like some PVC pipe, and as long as it's quiet and you make sure that you like maybe you got some carpet on the floor. Maybe if you're like me, you need tons of base traps just to trap all the the resonance. Like, but like that's a great way to start off. The easiest way to do it is just throw a blanket over your head. And like I'm that's what I'm I'm
1: not gonna lie, Matt. I'll tell you some things. I've been in metal bands in my teen and early twenty years. There has been recordings in the toilet. With mattresses on the walls, you know, for the vocalist, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Makeshift studio and two crappy mattresses stuck <laughs> against either wall with a bit of like egg cartons literally at the back over the toilet. You know, I've I've done that. We've all been to
2: some level of that yeah. kind of cheese. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my my first <clears throat> space that I recorded in was a closet. And a closet actually is a good place to start if you have a walk-in closet the clothes themselves actually do a really good job of absorbing the sound and reflect and making sure you just have to make sure, of course, like any other parts of the wall are covered, which you can do with like blankets or mattress or anything. Like it's just, you know, it's just about getting it dead. And then there's like, there's a difference in uh, like for quality of sound too, like music versus voiceover. So like for voiceover, especially it's like, you want it dead. You don't want really much reflections. If you're lucky, you can, Like some people like have booths and have designed them so that way you don't get any like reflections and they sound dead, but they sound like they're in a big space. Like, I don't know how to describe it. Like, it has a much more clear tone which is it's so it works and there's like a lot of science behind it it's but it's it's complicated um <laughs> anyways uh so but then like for music you definitely want some like you know some reverb you want some echoes and stuff and different things like that it's always funny when uh someone like tries to go to a studio to do voiceover but it's actually a studio for music and then yeah. you can hear it like because it's like oh, it sounds like you're in a nice like spacey space with lots of echo and stuff but that can't use that that's. that's <laughs> I can't use that. I
1: laugh. Like I've seen a comment here from earlier on. It's like Jaina was saying that uh, my sound booth is a couple of couch cushions around my
2: PC and a microphone. And yeah. It's like you make with what you do, and it'll work. When you're, whenever you're on, like there, if you actually like you know, look up any like voice actors when they're on the road. Inevitably, one of them will put, post a picture of them in their hotel room where it's like they've got their pillow fort and a little microphone on a little stand and their little iPad. And they're like, I am recording promo
1: work or something. I'm, I'm not going name dropping. But when we were at a horror convention, there was a particularly larger actor who had told us at the time that um, they were doing voice work for, again, something George. I'm not allowed to talk about. But um, they, they'd gotten a message on their phone. It's like, oh, we need no, more versions of this. And they borrowed a microphone. I think it was a Shure SM58 that we just had lying mm-hmm. around. And so recorded, literally went up to the room, recorded their thing and sent it off mm-hmm. because they needed some stuff. It was for animated things that may or may not have been transformers related. So I can't say anymore. Oh, so <laughs> it,
2: it wasn't George. Oh, no. Man. no, I have not
1: got to meet George in person yet. and I'm dying for the day that I get to. You, <laughs> it's, uh, I think it would be absolutely hilarious.
2: He's he's a stitch in person. Let me tell you, he's great. He's a great guy. He's at Magfest. He's like I'm being all grumpy and stuff, but you could tell. You knew he was happy. He was happy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I sit and talk horror with the bad all because he he remembers all the good old stuff, all the things that I'm almost on the cusp of being too young to, and it's rare that
2: I get to say that these days. (laughs) Well, he's uh he's working on a current project. He's calling it Theremin Theater. Yeah, um, I watched yeah, your first super, episode of that. Cool. <laughs> about to, awesome. about to say. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's interesting. The premise is just is wild buck wild. Uh because it's just like here, ha- voice actors have a script and let's see what you do with it. They don't they have no information going into it and they just kind of have to do it. So uh recommend There's a plug for you. I'm shilling for you, George. Yeah. George, do you hear me? George, <laughs> George, George. George, 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 We're gonna get killed for this. Ah, you won't mind. What's he gonna do? Find me?
1: He'll have to get across the pond first. Ah, look, yeah, we got the
2: chat too, George, George,
1: George, 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 George. Just said it. Dear Matt, I do not appreciate
2: <laughs> uh, we, 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 we get the, the angry emails later. We, actually, we, we, we talked together uh, over like uh, voice messages. So I'll probably get a, Matt, what'd you do? <laughs> <laughs>
0: don't, be, don't be angry, George. Don't be angry.
2: I'll be like, oh, George, come on. You know you like it. I hate you. He knows that's it's why from a we're place love. that's why we're best friends, George.
0: <laughs> well, uh, I think that 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 segues into a good uh, wrap-up for oh. this episode. Um, so thank you, uh Matt, Matthew Curtis, uh, for being on our podcast at House Whispers. Uh, it'd that be nice. great to have you on again. We're still trying to get Chris Sharps, and maybe we can do a big, a big George Chris, Matt group thing. Oh, that would be hilarious. There's the dream Um, come true right there. That would be fun. That would be fun. So, why isn't Chris on here? Yeah. Why, Chris? Please join us, Chris. Chris,
2: Chris, Chris. Chris. Okay. So,
0: to sign us off today, um, we'll do all of our shilling in the post. Don't worry about it. I'll edit it in later. Uh, To sign us off for today, Matt, can you please say in your best ghoul voice, thank you for uh, listening to Dead House Whispers?
2: Thank you, much appreciation from us. Yes, for listening to Deadhouse Whispers. <laughs>
0: ah! Thank you so much, sir. I
1: didn't know the the end of that, that was epic. Thank you, <laughs> that was man. great. That I was great. for joining us. Thank, Thank you so much. Thank you. It's a real pleasure.
0: And with the everything and all that stuff said, we will see you guys in the next episode bye everybody
2: bye no you all are awesome you're awesome (laughs)